Welcome, everyone, to the Monday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley, and I made it. Remember on Friday, I said I didn't know if I was going to be able to do one. It was my birthday weekend, and of course, Halloween was yesterday, and here we are. I was able to do a podcast, so I'm going to pat myself on the back, give myself a little golf clap here. Very glad that I was able to do this. It's November the 1st, and what's awesome is it's the start of the month, and it's the start of a work week. It's like the best day to like start a diet <laughs> because usually it's like, no, I'll start next month or I'll start at the beginning of the week. And now it's both. So it's like the best day to start a diet. Just throwing out some free advice for everyone here on this Monday morning. All right, we got a lot to get to. Let's start with the big report that came out on Friday. Actually, we had two reports that came out on Friday, both looking at wages and inflation. One of the biggest issues that everyone is talking about. Well, I guess unless you don't care what prices are at grocery stores. If you're like super, super rich, then maybe you don't, or, or, or like super poor. Like if you're homeless or if you own 10 houses, it doesn't really affect you. But everyone else is impacted by these rising prices. So what did we find? Well, like I said, we had two reports, one from the Bureau of Economic Analysis and one from the Department of Labor. And the Bureau of Economic Analysis showed that personal income Yes, it might have fallen in September down 1% from the prior month, but it was up 3.5% year over year. The Department of Labor showed that wages increased. The Department of Labor is a quarterly report up 1.5% from the previous quarter for a year over year gain of 4.2%. So that's pretty good. I mean, wages are up 4.2%. This is some of the fastest wage gains that we have seen in decades. And one of the other, I would at least argue, one of the other good data points from this release is that government transfers continue to decline in September from August. They dropped 7.1% and year over year, they were down 6.4%. So that means all of those wage gains uh, and income gains are coming from the companies. I mean, obviously the wage gains are, but personal income, there's a lot of places people get income from, but it's not coming from government. So you're seeing an increase, but the government transfers are dropping. But here, I guess, is kind of where you see some of the bad news. Despite an increase in income, disposable personal income and personal savings fell in September. Disposable income fell 1.4% month over month and was down 1.5% year over year. And personal savings fell almost 20%, 19.7 to be exact, month over month, and was down a whopping 46.8% from September 2020. But remember, September 2020, people are sitting on a ton of cash. You know, they couldn't go on vacation. The economy was just starting to reopen. They had gotten money from the government in a lot of cases. So people were sending a lot of a lot of coin back then. So it explains a little bit. But yeah, personal savings rate, uh, it is dropping here in the country. And then here is the unfortunate news. And that is the PCE index. This is the gold standard when it comes to looking at inflation. This is the Fed's favorite gauge and it showed a 0.3% increase month over month, which was the same as we saw in August, but year over year, it did increase to 4.4%. That is a problem because the Department of Labor is telling us wages are only up 4.2%, inflation's up 44 So wages are not 
keeping pace with inflation. And if you say, okay, well, Tyler, let's look at core PCE. Of course, core PCE takes out fuel and energy. You're looking at 3.6%, but who's not spending money on fuel and energy? <laughs> I mean, food and energy. I always, It's like, oh, that's great. Everything else didn't go up, but the things I have to buy, we're seeing some huge spikes. And so that is one of the big concerns for a lot of economists and the fed's going to have a big decision to make because their inflation gauge is telling them that inflation is moving faster than wages i'd be a little worried too if i was the democrats as well because that's not a good sign when prices are going up faster than people's incomes and uh, even with higher prices consumers are still increasing their spending according to the bea data which showed a 0.5 percent month over month increase and an almost 10 percent increase when compared to the same time last year so consumers aren't cutting back but maybe one of the reasons why they are spending more is because prices are up because this is looking at total spending And so they're not getting more stuff. There's no doubt about that. They're just having to pay more. They just haven't cut back. So they're probably still spending at the same levels they have been. So they're not cutting back, but they're also not increasing. Don't be confused by that. The number's going up because prices are going up. But here's something that could bring some relief for consumers. At least that's that's what I'm hoping for. That's my theory. Anyone that listened to this podcast or used to listen to my radio show or follows me on Twitter or Facebook or anyone else knows that I am not a fan of tariffs. I think they are horrible. I think if you want to bring more jobs here domestically with regards to manufacturing and production, I'm fine with that. But I think tariffs are the dumbest thing ever because tariffs are nothing but a tax. That's all they are. They're a tax. And I don't like taxes because what does taxes do? When you tax something, what does it do? It stops people from consuming that product by making it more expensive. And right now we are seeing crazy inflation and the fact that we have tariffs on anything just boggles my mind. And the good news is we've at least started moving in the right direction over the weekend. The Wall Street Journal reported that the U.S. and the European Union have reached a deal to ease tariffs on steel and aluminum. Little golf clap, little golf clap there. Thank you, thank you. And I love if we could get rid of the tariffs that we have on Canadian lumber, which are supposed to actually double coming up here pretty soon, uh, which is insane to me when you're looking at what we need to do in this country is build houses and we're making it that much more expensive. It just, it's it seems nuts. But so here are the kind of finer points of this deal. Tariffs will remain, but they will increase the amount of European imports that are allowed to enter tariff free. So they're just going to increase that quota amount before the tariff kicks in, but we're not getting rid of the tariffs completely. That's a little disappointing. And then provisions in this deal that a lot of labor unions were excited about uh, mean that the steel must be made in member countries in order to qualify for the duty exclusion. So that means that uh, steel can't come from China and then Europe sells it to us and beats the tariff because that's the whole point. A lot of these tariffs is to deal with that cheap Chinese steel that is out there. In my opinion, I don't think it really matters all that much, but okay, fine. That's what you got to do to 
to keep the uh, unions off your back. That's kind of the reality. It's a political reality that both political parties are going to have to deal with. U.S. Commerce Secretary Gina Ramonda said that the tariffs would remain, but would allow limited amounts of European imports to enter the U.S. tariff free, saying we fully expect this agreement will provide relief in the supply chain and drive down cost increases. Of course, it's also good for the American manufacturers who use steel and aluminum in their products. Now, this is an important note. The EU will also drop retaliatory tariffs in return and express confidence that the deal would ease supply chain pressure and high prices. So, like I said, this is a step in the right direction. Kevin Dempsey, president and chief executive of the American Iron and Steel Institute, also praised the agreement, telling the Wall Street Journal, quote, this will prevent another steel import surge that would undermine our industry and destroy good paying American jobs. As I said, this the uh, iron and steel industry is like, oh, OK, well, we're going to let a little bit more in, but not too much because too much would be bad for us. I say, hey, let's compete on a level playing field. But that's the you know, libertarian in me. What can I say? But I'll take any any way we can get more steel and iron into the, any commodity into this country uh, for a somewhat decent price. We got to do it. And so, yes, what I love to see tariffs gone and as much steel and iron and wood and whatever else to come into this country, I'd love to see it. But I know it's not going to happen overnight. And so this is a step in the right direction. I will take it. So I am happy to see that. And speaking of politics... Before I run out of time, so usually when you're talking about crime, obviously you don't want to be talking about it happening to you or someone you know or even in your community, but usually when you hear about crime as an issue, usually it's when you're talking about politics and you're talking about, oh, how is so-and-so politician handling crime? Is this going to be a big issue? And there's no doubt it's going to be an issue in this upcoming election, but it also impacts Housing, And there's a new report out from Redfin that shows exactly how impactful it is. Redfin's latest report shows that half of all homeowners who moved since the pandemic began said that crime and safety was an important factor in determining where they moved. Now, this includes all of those who had said it factored a lot or was the most important factor. In their decision. Now, when it comes to renters, 35% of renters said that crime and safety was an important factor. Redfin chief economist Daryl Fairweather said remote work is changing the way cities attract and retain residents, or it's going to force them to. He said, quote, concerns with crime, especially among homeowners, contributed to a recent increase in migration out of cities and into more suburban and rural areas. Cities historically have been able to attract residents looking for high-paying jobs, but now that remote work is ubiquitous. Some may have to work on improving safety and other quality of life factors to retain and attract residents. So, I mean, what Fairweather's saying is that for the longest time, a lot of, a lot of major cities were like, hey, we got the high-paying jobs. If you want to make a lot of money, you got to stay here regardless of what's happening. Now, obviously, they don't want crime running rampant. And you can see, you know, what happened in New York City in the 80s. Things got so bad that eventually they cracked down and it revitalized the city and all these people moved back and it definitely helps. There is a tipping point that exists naturally, but there was always some amount of crime that they assumed that people would be willing to deal with because, hey, this is where the high high paying jobs are. So what happens when high paying jobs are now everywhere? 
it becomes a bigger issue. Uh, and as I said, this could become a bigger problem. Potentially, 78% of voters said they believe violent crime is a major problem in the United States. 73% said it is increasing crime, that is. This is according to a morning consult poll back in July. And here's what's interesting. Now, when I first saw that, I thought, okay, Republicans are saying this. Democrats, they're not going to say anything like that because they don't want to they don't want to hurt the current party that's in power. But this morning consult poll found that there was very little partisan deviation. 79% of Republican voters said that and 68% of Democrat voters said that. So uh, this could be a bigger issue when it comes to housing. No doubt it's going to impact politics, but housing is also going to be impacted by it. All right, we got to go. Hopefully you guys enjoy or had a great Halloween. And the weather was nice, I know, uh, up and down the East Coast. Hopefully, uh, you're have, we'll have a great Monday. Good start to November. I will talk to you on Tuesday, November the 2nd. And as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. <laughs>